1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Hey, it's Marazza. Happy Thursday to you. How about the Miami Heat coming back on the Boston Celtics in a Game 1? Plus, it's a thirsty Thursday. Let's take out some booskies. It's the
3: best of the DA show now. <laughs> But we begin with Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals last night in Boston. Don't look now, but the Heat are excellent in Game Ones. It didn't look that way early as the Celtics really controlled the first half. But in the third quarter, the Heat and Jimmy Butler came to life. And when the dust settled, a solemn and depressed Boston crowd leaving the TD Garden. Oh! Oh, one game, and home court advantage has already swung. They say it's not a series until a road team wins. Guess it's a series, and that didn't take long. Buckets. Can Jimmy Butler drag this Heat team to an NBA Finals as an eight seed? It is a very good cold open. Jimmy baseline right baseline jumper he got it to go i gotta transpose in this place because we're sitting in a terrible spot 31 for jimmy
4: there's just a settling effect that uh it's impossible to quantify that like all right we're in striking distance let's just settle into our game and um you know jimmy will make a bunch of plays bam will make a bunch of plays and, and we'll be all right and everybody can just fit into their roles but that's what the the great players you know do
5: Letting Bam work on the other side. They gave him some room. Horford all
3: over. He it off the ball. Get it to Jimmy. Three left on the shot clock. He elevates for three. Leaned in and bounced up and in. Jimmy Butler has lost his mind. 34 points. Two of four from the land of milk and honey.
5: Damn right. I did. Damn right. We did. Um, and the best part about it is we still don't care what none of y'all think. Honestly speaking. Um, we don't care if you pick us to win. We never have. We never will.
3: I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational,
5: dramatic,
3: heart It's DA's top story. Here he goes! It's your cold open. Heat radio on the call. You heard Spo. You heard Jimmy Butler. The legend of Jimmy continues. But let's just start with this stat. The Heat have won their last six Game 1s in a row. And in this playoff rivalry, as these two franchises have met a number of times over the last five years, in all of the series, the Heat have won Game 1. What does that tell us? It tells us of a significant coaching advantage I said this coming into this series. I'll reiterate it now. You can look at the roster. You can look at the depth of the Celtics. You can look at the top-end talent of Boston. And you can look at the, the overall record of the regular season, the seeding, what have you. But there is a significant coaching advantage that the Heat have. Eric Spolstra has two championship rings on his fingers. Eric Spolstra has three other NBA Finals appearances. Eric Spolstra has been doing this for 15 years at a really high level. And he's coached all kinds of teams, non-playoff teams. He's also coached the most scrutinized team of the entire NBA with the LeBron Dwayne Wade years. He's done bubble teams. He's done full-on regular season teams. Spo's done it all and Joe Missoula's done none of it none of it no offense to Joe to to Missoula but he has a thimble of the working knowledge that spostra spostra brings into every single game now you can say that in the NBA talent 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 always wins that coaching doesn't matter which is why Monty Williams is gone and Nick Nurse got fired, and Frank Vogel isn't with the Lakers anymore, and that might be true to a certain degree. But the fact that the Heat always win game ones tells you coming into a series, doing film study, understanding trends, tendencies, what'll work, what won't work. Spo and his staff does a better job than almost anybody else they'll play against. And missoula has got a long way to go to prove that he's got what it takes to coach a team in these big spots. I know the Celtics have gotten this far, but hey, Missoula versus Doc Rivers, Doc's going to choke against anybody. That's the first part. Second part is, Butler's on, pardon the pun, a heater, and so he is elevating his team to a spot that they shouldn't be able to get to, which is why, 8 seed, that number 8 next to their name, I have kept saying throughout the postseason, doesn't matter. And I saw the lines for last night. The Celtics were 8.5-point favorites. And that, nope. I mentioned this on, I guess it was Tuesday. There were 10 ESPN analysts, and not one of them picked the Heat. Not one of them had the gall to pick the Heat. Not one of them thought I mean, you could barely find somebody saying this was going to be a seven-game series, let alone that the Heat had a chance. And from the day they went into the playing game, from the day they went into those playing games, and they lost that first game against the Hawks, but you could just tell this was not your traditional eight seed. And so they, they are so much closer to the Celtics than people gave them credit for. So much closer. And not for nothing, but we know Butler brings his lunch pail and his work ethic and his attitude and his intensity every single day. We know this. We don't know this about Jason Tatum. We don't. And so if it comes down to coaches and best player, the Heat have a distinct advantage on both of those. They do. Jason Tatum might have a higher ceiling than Butler does, but he doesn't bring it as often, as consistently as Jimmy does. So last night was a punch in the mouth for the Celtics, and let's see how they respond. But the way that that thing turned in the third quarter was astounding, was it not? And you had a Heat team that was ready to rumble, and a Celtics team that wasn't. In the third quarter in Boston, the Heat outscored the Celtics 46 to 25. The Heat outscored the Celtics by 21 points in the third quarter. I mean, that is taking a bully's lunch money from him. That is snatching that bag of of PB&J and a banana and a soda and punching him in the face and pushing him down to the ground and saying, this is mine. This is mine. You're not the bully. We are. I mean, the Heat going up 21 points, outscoring the Celtics by 21 in the third quarter in game one in Boston. Oof, that's going to smart. And for Celtics fans, they've seen this thing before. They've seen Jimmy Butler have incredible games against them, and they've seen a Heat franchise over the years, whether it was LeBron or more recently, the bubble year, etc., just have the Celtics' number. This thing's going to be a long series. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be a long series, and the Heat just guaranteed themselves a, a a position of aggression here versus a Celtics' team that's now... On its heels. 855-212-4CBS. Or on Twitter, DA on CBS. If you watched last night's game, you were like, Max Druse? Gabe Vincent? The ghost of Kevin Love? They don't even have Tyler Hero. Who's either the second or third best player on their team. He's been injured. They don't have Oladipo. Depth from the bench. It's been incredible what they've been able to do. Incredible. But they're just... I keep comparing them to the Baltimore Ravens. They're a team that every single year brings an attitude, an identity, and if you play them the playoffs, you know you're getting a dogfight. All right, on Twitter, DA on CBS. Today also is a day that we have unveiled... The Bob's Bar one-sheet. The Bob's Bar FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. I know you guys have been waiting on it, and I said with one month to go, now is the time.
2: Hey, welcome. I'm Bob. Come on in. This is my bar.
3: Today is the day that we begin the official countdown to the Bob's Bar show. This this is the third annual Bob's Bar show where we kick off the summer and salute all the craziness of the show and our listeners as well. Doors are open. The FAQ hits everything. And we will also update it with needed necessary information as it is seen going into Friday, June the 16th. This is facts. But if you go to the FAQ, you have date, time, parking, travel, air, train, driving, nightlife, tourist destinations, admission, ages, it's all there. Every question you might have is answered to the FAQ because we want you to have your very own Travel guide to West Babylon, New York, one month from now. I'm
5: not uh,
2: kidding.
6: Somebody get cold
2: water. I did not retweet this yet
3: because I was going to talk to you about this today. There's just
2: a couple minor tweaks and mistakes on the sheet. Mistakes? Yes. No. Oh. Just so the, the listeners know. Are they mistakes? Well, I could tell you that if you're trying to stop at the West Babylon stop of the Long Island Railroad, you're going to have a hard time because it doesn't exist. Okay. All right. Well. Okay.
3: What's the name of the stop? Babylon or Lindenhurst. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. So.
2: Minor. That's, mi- minor. minor. My bad, minor. my friend. I'm sorry. And I was going to tell you to tack on the two closer non, the hotels that are not
3: motels. Okay. By there that are within five miles. Okay. My bad. All right. So we'll we'll tweak this. Just but, tweaks. but either way, the one sheet has been completed. I was sitting at the the table yesterday at home, banging this out. Looking at this going, boy, this is this is something else. This event's going to be something else. DA, where can I find this FAQ? Where can I find this one sheet that might need minor edits in this commercial break? Well, I've tweeted this out. I've posted this on Instagram, both places. Also, we'll have Cap add this to Facebook. So all the places that you need to find it, you'll be able to find it. And you're like... DA, I'm not on social media. That's okay, too. Just go to my website, damonamendelara.com and click on the blog section. What's so funny, Pete? <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> I'm thinking someone on the train going to that West Babylon stop. They're heading out to Montauk. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Where am I? <laughs>
3: Luckily we have about 30 days to Plenty really polish this and streamline it up. <laughs> but
4: the nightlife
3: the the FAQ, the one sheet is done and whether you're in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Boise, Idaho, Louisville, Kentucky, Reno, Nevada, you're a young boy in Tuscaloosa listening okay. to <laughs> Moraz for the first time, you're going to your phone, you're going to your computer, and you're looking at this going, boy, this is what it's all about here. This is everything I needed to know about the third annual Bob's Bar Show. Pete, yeah.
5: really? Pete, a- Pete, From Pete,
3: Pete. It looks, it looks great. Uh,
2: my wife came up late last night to basically burst through the doors. I thought I was half asleep to say, did you see the website? What a professional website. There you go. I said, DA just made that at home. She goes, No, nah, this looks like real. She goes, Look at all this. It is. And then she said, and you could get a picture book with you and DA sliced down to 999. That's right.
3: <laughs> That's right. That is absolutely right. Dating back to our trip to Boise a couple of years ago, we put together this amazing scrapbook, this amazing photo album, and there's a few copies left that are now. <laughs> Priced accordingly. I'm sitting back, go, why? what are you talking about? She goes, it's a sale. There's a sale. That's right. She thought we had a brand new
2: website person, not you. I am the brand new website person. (laughs) That's
3: it. I said, keep your money for Father's Day. I, you know. That's it. Consolidation of the media business. I am the new digital guy. So good. That is so beautiful. That's Foxy on the bagpipes opening up the Bob's Bar show. And he has he has grinded over the last three weeks, every day, spending at least an hour a day teaching himself the New Year's Eve song. The May All Acquaintance oh, Be Forgotten. What all Lang Sign. Old. Old Lang Sign. He has taught himself. <laughs> and when Mraz gets belched in the face and then slapped with a kielbasa and then pushed into the pool, that's when Foxy on the bagpipes is going to begin playing Old Lang Sign. And we will kick off the summer, and it is going to be a very memorable experience. So begin your travel plans now or at latest after this commercial break when edits are made to the FAQ, and the party won't stop. It won't stop. And there there are nightlife options, tourist suggestions. There's Ow! everything you may need for Ow! your trip to West Babylon, New York. Half-price aquarium tickets. Ow! <laughs> The DA show is doing its very own deals and steals with a farmer's market. (laughs) Steals. (laughs) Steals and steals. Nicest Wendy's bathrooms listed. Oh,
0: That's a good idea. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could
3: not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA
5: Soundcheck. You
3: can always watch the DA show. The simulcast is cooking as Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, is pressing huge oversized buttons with big gauges and meters next to them. And pulling enormous levers as well. Watch us on YouTube every single day. Go to the CBS Sports Radio channel on YouTube, including on your phone. You could also watch us on Twitch. You could also watch us at WatchDA.com. Soundcheck begins with Matt Ryan recently announced that he is joining the stable of NFL on CBS. Analysts, but is there still a part of him that wants to play? I don't know um, this this situation. All all the stars would have to. And I've just learned, you know, at least during during my experience in the in the 15 years I've played, to just not shut any doors. You know, that's really the the decision behind that. Like I said, I'm I'm excited to 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 kind of take this next step and and to move forward. But you know, at the same time, you
5: never know what's going to happen in this league. Like I said, anything. Anything can shake out, and, and so uh,
3: we'll see what happens. Keeping the door open, keeping the door open. I mean, Matt Ryan should not come back and play. I think he saw what a disaster last year at in Indianapolis was, how embarrassing that became. And once you step aside to start calling games, when have we ever seen, ever, in any sport, have we ever seen a guy Transition to media or TV and then come back and be effective? Yes. Okay, because I'm thinking of Jay Cutler, bad, and Jason Witten, bad. Jason Witten was good that year he
2: came back for Dallas. Was he good? He scored like eight touchdowns. Okay. He wasn't what he was before he went to the. All right, yeah, but he was definitely an effective, solid
3: player for the Dallas Cowboys, for sure. Okay. Cutler stunk. Cutler stunk. And Witten came back with the Cowboys or the Raiders? He came back with, didn't
2: he come back with the Cowboys and then go to the Raiders? He played another year after that. He came back with the Cowboys, you're telling me. And then he continued his career another year after that. With the Raiders? Yes. Okay, who else are you thinking of? That was it. Mine was Witten. Witten. That Witten was still good. That being said, wouldn't you rather Matt Ryan than Carson
3: Wentz if it comes down to training camp and you need a quarterback? So mid-August, my quarterback goes down. And now I need somebody to step in, and my choices are Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan.
2: Yeah, or the other guy's still available. Everybody likes to throw in as Teddy Bridgewater, but we saw last year with Tua down, he wasn't that great. I think I want Matt Ryan. Oh, those are bad options. Well, it's not a good spot to be in if your quarterback goes down. Those are bad options. I'm going to trust that Indy was so dysfunctional that Matt Ryan
3: could still play for a year better than those other two guys. You're taking a 38-year-old Matt Ryan who played poorly last year and has already transitioned to TV over a 30-year-old Carson Wentz that at least did play? Yes, is playing.
2: Yes, I, I do not want it's. I, Carson once on your team becomes embarrassing. Matt Ryan, it's not embarrassing that Monday. <laughs>
6: uh, a thirty-seven-year-old a Jason Witten came back for the Cowboys. Sixty-three catches, five twenty-nine yards, four touchdowns. You know
3: why do you mislead me like that? That's he had, a had good
6: like year. eight. He had like eight touchdowns. Marshall, he had four touchdowns. Four for that amount.
3: Four, and he had 500 yards. But he was never a guy that was like a big time 1,500
2: yard receiver.
6: Yeah, those are those numbers in line with what he had done the five years yeah. before he w- walked away. He well, was a useful player in 2019. And a very
2: good edge blocker for them in the run game. That's a good player.
6: Yes. And then the last year, nondescript for the Raiders, yeah. that one year. Whitten, Played all 16 games but didn't do much.
2: Witten was never Tony
3: Gonzalez or Gronk. He was a really solid two-way tight end. Well, let, let's give him a little bit more credit. I'm looking at his stats right now. He had four 1,000-yard seasons. So he wasn't always just possession guy, red zone, and then block a lot. He had four 1,000-yard campaigns. Okay. but
2: well, he was never an electrifying down-the-field threat.
3: He made a Pro Bowl basically every year of the 2000s. He's a
2: good player. He's allowed to not be a Pro Bowl player when he comes out of the broadcast booth. That's still a good year.
3: He was an 11-time Pro Bowler. He was a really, really
2: he He'll good, be— He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he'll make the Hall of Fame. But those stats Bogus is reading for what he did is not a bad
6: player coming out of the broadcast booth. Right, he went right back to doing what he had been doing for the five previous seasons.
3: A little bit less. A little bit less.
6: The, I mean, 63, 63, 69, 77, 64. Those all but yards were wise, catches?
3: Yards wise, it was a drop.
6: Yeah, but not significant. Well, in
3: 2015, he had 700 yards. In 2016, no, 20, yeah, 2016, he had nearly 700 yards. And then 2019, when he came back, he had 500 yards. So it was a little bit different.
6: But not drastically. He wasn't. He didn't go. He didn't have those four thousand yard seasons right before retiring and came back and cut it in half. The
2: point point is, he was not washed. He was was not not washed washed
6: coming out. No.
2: Okay. Like Carson Wentz is washed. I think Matt Ryan might give you. I think Matt Ryan's washed too. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's good. I think he should stay in the broadcast. Well, I'm just saying there are going to be other options. I understand why he's keeping his options open because his his peers, if you will, are worse
3: options. Well, he's keeping his options open because if you still want to play, there's gonna be nothing that gives you that juice if you're, you know, calling whatever Chiefs Raiders. There's just nothing that is ever going to, to be if you're actually on the field and if he still has a chance because somebody has desperation would call him. You know, yeah, you keep your option open. there. As we always say, you have your entire life to call games.
2: I, look, if, if he's already calling a Chief game in year one, then he should not come back. True. It's <laughs> it's more like Broncos Raiders. Right.
5: Yeah.
6: yeah is he going to get like the last game when they have an extra one on CBS and like the random crew that jumps in? I hope, yeah, I hope they don't stick him in, on the Archuleta game because that's just demeaning. Ironically, he might do a lot of Colts.
3: <laughs> he might do a lot of Colts. A lot of Colts Texans on his on his docket. Here is Sean Payton as he's got former XFL QB Ben DiNucci at minicamp for the Broncos, and DiNucci threw another pick.
0: It was right in front of Greg Penner. You know, I told Ben, I said, you know, he owns Walmart, you know, and, and if it doesn't work out here, there's, a, I'm sure, a greeting opportunity somewhere, one of his local stores. So, But it was a good play by Drew. Good break. Ouch. <laughs> not even a
3: chuckle or a laugh. Wow. This is like when he wasn't joking about how Russell Wilson flipped his golf cart. <laughs> this is an angry Sean Payton looking at his quarterback room going, these guys are a bunch of bums, every single one of them. You know, Walmart greeter. No, you know, it's not crazy to think that Ben DiNucci is working at Walmart at some point in our lives.
2: I I mean, I guess the man, the man still made a good chunk of change as a backup quarterback for a couple years. He's not rich. That's his next fall? That, didn't he go to, like, Northwestern? where did he play? He's going to be the, the greeter
3: at Walmart? No. Ben no. Denucci was a... Um, Pitt? No. Ben Denucci was... Oh, no. James Madison. James Madison.
2: Yeah. I saw him play in college, actually.
3: Yeah. He was a James Madison.
2: Oh, it's a James Madison. You're not a total dummy to go
6: to James Madison. Yeah. He's not going to work at Walmart, but could he own a franchise? By the way, We're D.A. Like, was right. He played at Pitt for three years. And then, bogus and setup. then, A and okay. then JMU, yes. right, to finish. Oh, he finished at JMU. Um, I could see him owning. A, a franchise and it's like you know it's Ben Denucci's Ford or Ben Denucci's like wow. so he owns it that's kind of a big deal but he's like wearing a button down that says subway and like he's pitching you the football like, so it's so be- it's, well, it's, a, well, ben- it's a little weird like is there's money behind it but he's also in the store
3: <laughs> Ben Denucci's Subway is way different than Ben Denucci's <laughs> Ford
6: yeah. you got
3: to have some cash of Ben Denucci's Ford so not a car dealership no
6: but as maybe a but sub a sandwich. shop yeah. okay
3: so like Ben Denucci's Jimmy John's yeah <laughs> I mean, I think he can own a car dealership. No, that's what? that's John Elway stuff. The big guys own the car dealerships. Oh,
2: what, what was it
3: Brad Benson? He's not a big, big player. Former Giants offensive yeah. lineman.
2: No, this is like uh, no Ben DeNucci. Look at uh, Danny O'Shea and Little Giants.
3: He owns a car dealership.
6: <laughs> He'd come back to town. <laughs> Freaking Jimmy Freak Freaking.
3: Finally, here's our friend Ryan Hickey, affectionately known as Hot Take Hickey. He's the <laughs> producer on The Night Show. <laughs> Never gel. For Zach Gelb. We've seen him do some pretty outlandish things. He that, went there you go. <laughs>
7: go. Just say that. I mean,
3: that <laughs> Freaking <laughs> clown. He went to the Rose Bowl and got absolutely hammered and did a video series about it. No deal. He then cursed on air and didn't dump himself. He is the board op, and he called Russell Westbrook a bleeping bleephole. <laughs> Freaking clown. And recently burped on air in the middle of a take because he's essentially the Howard Stern of sports radio these days. He is the baddest of bad boys. He's breaking all of the norms. This is a guy that when you listen to you, don't know what he's going to say next. You know, it's amazing because Hickey drives massive ratings. You either tune in because you can't wait to hear what he's going to say or you tune in because you hate what he's going to say. He really is stern. Jack? <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. A, a different private parts movie. Toga. 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 <laughs> so when Hickey takes to social media, you're like, what, what kind of flamethrowers you bring in today? What type of grenade is he launching today? Whoa, hot take, Hickey. What, what, what is going to... I mean, the moment that I saw him have a video, I'm like, I got to watch this, and I got to make sure that I put it on low volume so that nobody in my vicinity gets offended because I just don't know. This guy's a loose cannon. What's he going to do next?
7: These are the sticks we'll be trying first. This is the raspberry. All right, so these are the peanut butter sticks. To credit, Way more peanut butter already. I'm tasting this little stick. I got it at any point whatsoever, eating that peanut butter and jelly bar. First bite. See, my throat's getting a little dry. That's actually real peanut butter in there. First bite tasted like those, I don't know the name of it. Those wafers, they're actually kind of built like this. So you know I'm talking about, it's like a, it's a dessert. Dessert wafer. I'm botching that completely. But the first bite I took of this, Tasted a lot like that dessert wafer, very sweet, but then you really start to, to taste the peanut butter right away. So credit to Trader Joe's, peanut butter taste in the sticks. Now, let's go for the raspberry jelly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we'll do without that. <laughs> Hickey doing a food review of peanut butter sticks dipped in jelly from Trader Joe's.
7: See, my throat's yeah. going to dry. That's actually real peanut butter. <laughs> And if we could do three-minute
2: sound check clips, I would not have edited out when he wanted the jelly a little more liquidy. To their
6: credit. Now, is, is, is way he, more peanut butter already. Is he doing food reviews? Well, I think there's a peanut butter backstory here. Like, he didn't like peanut butter, or they had a fight over smooth and crunchy, so I think is this it, now maybe morphed into... So we've
3: had two different shows do peanut butter bits here on the network, because yeah. Perloff oh, ate yeah. the entire jar of peanut butter of peanut butter oh, recently. Oh, enough with yeah. the
6: peanut butter. So I think <laughs> this might be like a, a, an evolution of Hickey v. peanut butter. He's now trying peanut butter products.
4: Hickey evolution? V- More <laughs> like a de-evolution.
6: <laughs> yeah, Bears, Packers, Red Sox,
3: Yankees, Hickey v. peanut butter.
7: <laughs> Dessert wafer? Uh, I'm botching that completely.
2: And he's looking at the camera, and he's like he's looking for answers, but he's talking
3: to himself. I love Hickey.
7: This is the raspberry... Alright, so these are the peanut butter sticks.
3: <laughs> I love I love I love Hickey because there is nobody safer to be around than Ryan Hickey. And yet he's had these moments that have been like, Whoa, this guy's a total renegade. Getting hammered, putting it on camera, burping on the air, cursing on the air. And yet if you We're around Ryan Hickey. There is nobody more pleasant I've ever
6: been around in the radio business. Okay, that's fair. In gen Normal Hickey, pleasant. But drunk at the Rose Bowl Hickey, is he getting you punched because you're his butt and he's running his mouth at somebody? No idea. Fair. It was so jarring to see him in a situation
3: where he had put his guard down. Right. Usually what I'm expecting from Ryan Hickey is exactly this. A peanut butter stick review from Trader Joe's. That's the hickey that I would expect. You're right. You're right. If you were to close your eyes and say, somebody's
2: going to review peanut butter sticks at Trader Joe's, you're probably right. You'd That's jump at right in it. Hickey. Totally right.
7: Way it. more peanut butter already. Cat. Cat. Then, I'm tasting who, this little stick.
2: And, who, and I got it
7: at any point whatsoever.
3: Here are the two things that will happen at CBS Sports Radio. One person will actively curse on the air and call Russell Westbrook a bleeping bleep hole and not dump it. And one person will review Trader Joe peanut butter sticks. (laughs) I mean, how could those two things be
7: synonymous? How could they be the same person?
2: Because he's hot take Hickey, that's why. First
7: bite, tasted like those, I don't know the name of it.
2: (laughs) Riveting stuff. It's so bad. (laughs) And again, I've had confirmation that in high school, Ryan Hickey was somebody the girls could not keep their their paws off. He's when a people, handsome guy. When is. somebody found out I was working with Ryan Hickey was like finding out you work with John Lennon. I, I mean, they couldn't believe it.
3: <laughs> who worked with John Lennon by the <laughs> way? Ringo. Oh, yeah. Who, who was the unnamed person that
6: worked <laughs> with John <laughs> ah, yeah. With, with John Lennon? Band managers and whatnot. <laughs> Band <laughs> managers. Can you name any other Beatles besides <laughs> McCartney? Okay. Ringo. Right. right. George Harrison. All right. All, right. All right.
3: That was the hard one. Come on.
6: Who was the original guy that like bailed on them? Mm. Best, his last name maybe. Right. There was I like don't know that. there was first guy that was out. I think like an original drummer yeah, there was, was like five, right? Yeah.
3: Or did he? Re- did somebody replace him?
6: I think maybe there was a drummer and he was like, "I this is not. I don't. I don't get this. This I'm won't like, ever work." Right? I'm like, okay, sure, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> See you later.
3: So we found out that the Blue Jays were tipping pitches the other day, which is why Aaron Judge was peeking back at the dugout in between every pitch. So let's clear the air here on this, because we've had now two days of discussing and debating this. Was Aaron Judge cheating? No. If a guy is is tipping pitches, you're allowed to, to decipher the sign, and your coach, your teammates are allowed to give you the sign of a guy tipping pitches. So ultimately, that's not against the rules of the game. They're not using technology to steal signs. Yada, yada, yada. But Judge was lying, and it was a bad lie about what he was doing looking in the dugout. He said it was because they were chirping, and we all said, that's ridiculous. You're a professional baseball player. You played in the World Series or ALCS or huge games. I guess Judge hasn't played in the World Series yet, but played in enormous games, et cetera. Is he distracted By guys trash talking from the dugout. I'm sure he's heard that and way worse and way more multiple times. So was judge cheating? No. Was he lying? Yes. And the lying was silly. I see. Look, I'm not telling you that he wasn't
2: lying, but this has gotten so out of control for people who weren't watching the game. There is still a really high chance. He was looking over at the dugout for that. Again, Aaron Boone had just gotten thrown out mid-at-bat. This would, was going on. This was enormous for two innings where the dugouts kept arguing with each other. So, like, everybody, oh, how ridiculous is that lie? Well, in real time, if you were watching him, this is what was going on.
3: But if Aaron Boone says that they were tipping pitches and the Blue Jays say they were tipping pitches and Aaron Judge used that to hit a home run, why? why would we believe... That he wasn't looking over to get the sign about the tipping pitches.
2: Well, both things could be true. I mean, he was staring for a long time. His eyes could have been staring there. And, yeah, you do stare at your coach because guess what? You might need a hit and run, a bunt sign, something like that you're looking over anyway. But to say that there was no chance at any point any of those looks weren't at his dugout, knowing what was going on those last two innings,
3: it was loud,
2: too, on the broadcast. If
3: the Blue Jays are tipping pitches, don't you think the obvious interpretation is, then he's looking to see what the sign is of the guy tipping pitches. Don't you think that's why it's a big deal? Yeah, I mean unless he's not
2: even looking at the first base coach cuz you're looking at the dugout in the middle of this, he could be missing that tipping pitch sign. If, I'm with if if you that, that Jays, if the Blue Jays are tipping pitches, you think he would ignore those? But then why is he this is my point. We've seen every batter one through nine. How come only Aaron Judge, that wasn't the only batter the pitcher faced, is staring like that, then looking for the tipping of the pitches sign? Why? Why wasn't Anthony Rizzo also caught staring, looking for that?
6: That's what doesn't make sense. Look
2: to his—he can't look behind him. Well, he could look at the next at the uh, third base coach. It could be relayed from first base coach to third base coach. I and I guess it could. It also I. But That's the thing it doesn't make sense. So only Aaron Judge, the guy who actually doesn't need these signs to tip pitch, j- is the
6: only guy looking on the Yankees while the Blue Jays are tipping pitches. That doesn't make any sense. But it also doesn't make any sense to me the timing of when he's looking other than to get information about the pitch. Because it's always right before. It's like when the pitcher gets set, he has a quick little look to see, okay. and And I don't know. We don't know what the tip was. It could have been his glove position. It could have been like a bend in the knee. It could be anything that they were looking at. So we needed the pitcher to do something so they could read it and then relay it to him. And it happened basically at the same time before every pitch. Right, it was like rhythmic. Right, so like that's why, to me, it can't be the dugout chirping because... It wouldn't have been the consistent time that it was if that's what it was, because it wouldn't. Well, he has like, to look back when the pitch is getting delivered. It's in between when the pitch is
2: not actually getting delivered. Again, I he might have strictly been looking at the coach. I'm not saying that that's not possible, but I am saying he's putting your foot down, saying he's a liar. When if you watch the game, you heard how loud this was, and it wasn't the fans; it was noticeably loud. It is entirely possible, and then somehow this same pitcher only tip pitches. The judge It's the only one looking. But that does make
3: sense. But on the day that Aaron Ju- on the day that Aaron Boone says they were tipping pitches, on the day the Blue Jays say we were tipping pitches, is the day Aaron Judge is frantically looking over the dugout, and even Dan Shulman's like something weird is going on here. Happens to be the day that those are totally disconnected. That those are not one and the same. I
2: think this is a weird game. The next day, the Yankees have a guy using sticky stuff when you should have been more alert than ever not to do it. Like people, people do weird things. I think the bigger problem here is not Judge looking over whatever he was looking over, hearing now the Blue Jays pitcher and Boone and everybody admit this well guess what then that's a shame on Shulman and Buck Martinez for the first thing coming out of their mouth not saying I wonder if the, I wonder if our guy's tipping his pitches instead I'm not, I'm just saying I'm not saying about Judge that's the problem because then it sends everybody on the pitchforks and witch hunt to label him a
6: cheater and that's not fair <laughs> the Yankees need a better writer they need better cover stories I'm
3: surprised Pete the Body hasn't weighed in on this oh, I just think it's a disgrace <laughs> I've made my point clear
4: very very much so.
3: What's the disgrace?
4: No, I just think there's a lot of uh, garbage going on in that Yankee dugout.
2: No, there's not. This is what it's I just, just a, can't take seriously. It's okay that nonsense. you guys didn't watch the game and I did, a lot, but this makes your opinion
4: invalid. There's no, no control. It, it, it's, it's just out of control.
6: The Yankees really? dugout. Yeah. Like you really want me to believe that Aaron Judge in all the big games, hostile environments, that this was the time where he was bothered on seven consecutive Toronto. pitches by <laughs> dugout? <laughs> right. Yeah, I May am. in Toronto okay.
3: for the first time in his career, he's rattled by his dugout.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I just got distracted as you said that staring at Bogush's awful coat. I mean, <laughs> things happen. You get distracted really easily. I don't and think you're that's a very, captain.
6: you're very good at like because you, you know you you're running out of room here. So I'm now not running out of room you're going to make fun idiot. of me the other day.
2: You're running out you're, of room. You're
6: calling us names because you've run out of actual things to say.
2: Because I've said everything that's it's able to be not uh, not disproven. I, I've said everything right.
6: Except we get it. You're in Ted Lasso. You're no longer in line with Aaron Boone. Or the Blue Jays' Boone pitcher. Boone didn't say that that's what Judge was doing. He just said the Blue Jays' pitcher was
2: tipping pitches. Again, I gave you a perfect answer. Why was only Judge staring over? And guess well, maybe, what I got out of this crowd? Zippo number one, Zippo number maybe, two, and click, click, click,
3: click, click, no, Zippo number three. Maybe, maybe Judge was the only one doing it, obviously. Maybe Judge was the right. only one that could so hide So, the league
2: it. MVP is somehow the only one that's not able to
3: hide the stare. The guy who actually doesn't need the tipping of the pitches. Okay, so... Then what's your theory for how the Yankees utilized the tipping of the pitches?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm assuming both the first base and third base coach are, you know, hand down the legs, something like that. I think it's no different than glancing over your coaches when they're giving you other signs that you're allowed to look over for what to do at bat. So I, I think it's pretty... All right, I'm going to go with two words here. You guys tell me which one is right. (laughs) Inconspicuous. Choose your own adventure. Or innocuous. Innocuous. Yeah. Innocuous? Innocuous. Yeah, like kind of like you wouldn't even tell when you're watching the game that he's looking over. That is my answer for that. I think that you wouldn't be like, "Ah, ah," staring over that hard. (laughs) "Ah, What is that? Is that Facebook coming? Ah, ah." You wouldn't be doing that for like 10 straight minutes. He's clearly staring at the dugout. And to say he's along. is ridiculous.
3: No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Andrew Bogish's has headlines.
6: Uh, do I? Fine. New series, <laughs> new opponents, same Miami Heat. They have now won game one in Milwaukee, at the Garden, and in Boston. A 123-116 come from behind W to start the East finale last night. Jimmy Butler's team was down 12 shortly after halftime, then proceeded to score 46 third-quarter points. More
5: than anything, we're staying together through the good and through the bad. Um, it is a game of runs, and we can talk to one another. I think that's what you know ultimately makes me smile, is the fact that when things aren't going our ways, We can look at each other eye to eye and uh, know when somebody's messing around, and we can fix
6: it. Butler scored 20 of his 35 points in the second half, adding five rebounds, seven assists, and six steals. Five others scored at least 15 from Miami. Jason Tatum had 30 for the Celtics but did not attempt a shot in the fourth quarter. His team's now 4-4 and at home in these playoffs. I don't
5: know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why.
6: Game two. (laughs) Nice. Still in Boston tomorrow night. The Lakers and Nuggets back on the floor this evening in Denver. L.A. hoping to split after its rally fell short in game one. We talked about the Sixers to start the hour. Yahoo Sports among the outlets saying James Harden will definitely decline his $35 million player option so he can be a free agent. Harden reportedly looking for a new four-year contract with a return to Houston possible. It's hard to see how the Mets lose again this season after this.
3: Fairbanks holds the set in the (laughs) 0-1. Swing and a high fly. Deep left field. Pete Alonso has won the game. It's a three-run walk-off home run. 8-7 New York. And 10 innings.
6: Alonzo won the game with a three-run homer in the 10th. We'll see if it actually won the NL East or even the NL last night on The Nationals can't call New York, too. Keith Rad, Mets Radio. You can't, you
2: can't, it's got to be Mets. You can't call them New York at the end there. That's a terrible job. A, they're not the real New York team. B, there's two New York teams. <laughs> the Braves were down 5-3 before
6: winning their rubber game in Texas, 6-5. The Angels losing in Baltimore, 3-1. They've now dropped 8 of 11. And the Cardinals have won 8 of 10 after blanking the Brewers 3-zip. Yankee righty Domingo, her mom, began serving his 10-game ban for Sticky Hands last night. His teammates eventually losing 3 nothing in sticky 10. Fingers. In Toronto. Sticky
4: finger. Yeah, he plays for the real New York
6: team. And the Dodgers think righty Dustin May will miss at least a month. They're suffering an elbow sprain and yesterday's start against the Twins may left after one of what became a 7-3 Dodge. So is victory. Dustin
2: May missing starts Justin May?
6: A college basketball... It's not funny. <laughs> Note, former North Carolina guard Caleb Love has decommitted from Michigan, putting a high-quality name back in the transfer portal. That's reportedly over an admissions issue in Ann Arbor. And the PGA Championship not starting on time this morning at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York... Because of frost. Yeah. And now we're getting stunned.
5: It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy.
2: This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news.
6: We love a good drug smuggling story. We sure do. A nice couple and a good drug. was driving erratically on I-85 uh-huh. through Anderson County, South Carolina recently. So they were pulled over, weaving through traffic, almost colliding with a semi. Huh. Uh, when police did get them to the side of the road, the man and woman acted too nervously. They also had a conflicting story about their destination and the woman's due date. She appeared to be pregnant. Oh. Then Congratulations there allegedly the was a little weed in the car. Okay. So the woman realized they might be in some trouble. No so biggie. she took off. No and as she was running, that's when the cocaine began falling out of oh. the fake pregnant belly oh. she was wearing. No oh. The couple now facing drug trafficking charges <laughs> on top of the bad driving <laughs> so, issues. So, yeah.
3: Do we know what the fake belly was? Was it like a prosthetic belly or was yeah. it just a? A towel filled with drugs stuffed under her shirt. No,
6: no, no. Did you get the email? Because no. Sean's telling me. Okay, I must have. I I written it and did not hit send on I
2: it. I just found the story online. it's a full blown like skin tone. Yeah, like pregnant belt. So it's
6: prosthetic. Yeah, yeah, you'd wear it like if you were an act, like a movie or a play. It's a real thing. Smart.
2: Yeah. That's a smart way to hide drugs. These might be two of the smartest drug
3: smugglers I've ever heard. Now, they've a- got nailed, so they're not that smart.
2: Well,
6: <laughs> I would have avoided having the... Who did you say last week had a really good plan that died in 18 hours? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the girl who faked her kidnap. It's a good idea, except for it not working. No, but they- <laughs> you shouldn't have the marijuana
2: in the car. You've got to eliminate the other drugs. Just smuggle the cocaine. You don't need to puff a joint on the way
6: and attract the pullover. That's right. a problem. And you can't right. drive erratically either. you got to do right. a speed limit, right-hand lane, usually your blinker, abide by all rules, so no one bothers you.
3: Were they dipping into their own stash, I guess, Mm. which is why they were driving erratically?
2: Well, no, they were dipping into the marijuana. They're smuggling cocaine. Those are two different drugs, D.A.
3: No, I'm aware of that. I, I, they could have been on cocaine as well, I suppose. Oh. You can drugs right.
2: Well, if you're on coke and weed and driving while smuggling coke and a fake pregnant that's a terrible idea. You got the initial I agree. idea down. <laughs> you got the initial idea So you've down.
6: retracted your initial statement. <laughs> no, because the original, the OG plan, if you will, is a good one. It is. judge doesn't in- <laughs> want you arguing his case anymore.
3: I'm just saying. If you have a prosthetic belly like this, and I wonder where they got it, it's pretty good. I mean, again, it's skin tone, it's plastic, or I wonder what you would call that. But anyway. Rubber. It might be rubber, but I don't know. It's probably something a little bit more specific. But anyway, you can shove the drugs in the belly. And who's going to be the wiser? You can get across state lines with that and drive all the way you want. Right, what? if you drive regularly. And even if you got pulled over, tail light or whatever. Oh, officer, have, I'm
2: cramping up bad here. Go on, woman.
3: It's slightly better than throwing your dog in the driver's side and saying <laughs> he was the one speeding. <laughs> For,
1: sure. For sure.
4: That's my favorite story
2: I'm
3: of the year. I'm a fan of these smugglers. <laughs> I'm a fan of these smugglers.
4: Oh, I mean, bye-bye baby wouldn't go out of business if they had prosthetic, uh, stomachs yeah that's in the last
6: aisle (laughs) you gotta there's a code word to get back there for the drug smuggling belly cribs
3: isn't that amazing that bye-bye baby went out of business there's always babies what you went out of business i think so bankruptcy yeah yeah Really? Which, again, like, isn't the baby industry the biggest <laughs> industry ever? Because, again, there's always babies, and everyone it's
2: just a, keeps it's spending more money on them. It's a damn big them? business. Walmart and Target taking all the business. Mm-hmm. Babies are always booming.
0: It's not funny.
3: Who got the tuba there? Me.
2: For on saying purpose. what? Babies
6: are always booming.
3: Like a baby boomer reference? Yeah.
6: yeah. Okay. I don't even
2: bad. think the tuba should acknowledge that. That was so bad.
6: Can you tuba <laughs> yourself? That's a whole
2: other question. No, but it's Tommy D'Souza. Morty. Morty. I'm sorry, Morty. I'll learn your name eventually.
3: Very meta. Who's
2: Tommy D'Souza? He played shortstop for the A's.
4: (laughs) Uh, Tommy (laughs) LaStella.
3: We need one of our drug pin listeners to tell us how many, how much this is. 1,500 grams of cocaine. Is that a lot? 1,500 grams? See how many we could fit in a
6: jock alone. (laughs) So you, we, we should create some kind of anonymous hotline <laughs> so our listeners can help us out with our drug questions without incriminating themselves. Let's put my eyes on yes. that. Yeah.
3: Usually, to Doing News is about stupid criminals and oh, the I four mean, of us are a bunch of stiffs so we should, and I know our listeners know a lot more about this stuff than we do. So yes, I would like to have an anonymous tip line. Guys, help me out. Is 1,500 grams of cocaine a lot of cocaine?
2: All of our affiliates, SiriusXM, free on the Odyssey app, Twitch, YouTube, somebody's an illegal drug dealer out there.
3: Oh, someone multiple. Yeah, they listen to this show. That
2: illegal drug dealer driving around Tuscaloosa, waiting for
3: that next Canadian bacon. That's right, <laughs> and that's why you do it because yes. at some ah. point in time, right? It, it's it's the first time a drug pin in <laughs> in Springfield, <laughs> Illinois has heard poles. the show. <laughs>
2: Gets arrested. <laughs> Damn! I
6: miss Canadian bacon in the conference mm. finals. And while your advice and examples are really inappropriate <laughs> for kids, I think drug—that's drug, drug dealers—is your, is your target audience. Yeah, they should be listening to your words of wisdom. Yeah, that's right. Following your footsteps. I agree. <laughs> you just never know. The first
3: time that wide-eyed, naive, innocent drug pin in
6: Butte, Montana, listens to <laughs> Canadian bacon and gets the inspiration to (laughs) widen his operation. (laughs) Oh, the prosthetic belly. That's a good Uh, idea.
3: (laughs) I'm coming for you. Inspiration. A different type of momentous Monday. Inspiration and drug pin. Inspiration (laughs) and drug trafficking. (laughs) All right, it's a Thirsty Thursday. Let's toast to the good stuff. Maraz, who are you toasting to? I'm toasting to Blue Bell Ice Cream, DA, Mm.
2: oftentimes a good ice cream company. They are introducing for the summer a vanilla Dr. Pepper float-flavored ice cream, both in the pint and the half-gallon. Oh, it's flavored ice cream. So it's like a Dr. Pepper-flavored sherbet swirled within a vanilla ice cream to give you the taste of ice cream in a in a glass of Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper float style, and call the Fats. I'm back in for ice cream this summer. That sounds like that is real potential. We're not talking about Cuban sandwich flavored ice cream. Dr. Pepper float ice cream? Toast them. All right. Cookie. Toast them.
6: Bogues, who are you toasting to? Uh, I should be toasting that, but I'm going to toast um, <laughs> my buddies on Saturday night. I'm mean, in Manhattan, back at my high school, my 25th year, 25 year high school reunion yeah. is Saturday. Uh, haven't seen a lot of guys in a long time so we're going to get back in the building, see some familiar faces. Uh, so I guess I'm toasting to the class of 98. Here we go. Nice. Toast them. Booskies. Feed the body. Who you you it to? Off well, the ice cream thing,
4: I'll toast vanilla bean ice cream. I think it's a very underappreciated ice cream and this past weekend I had a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> celebrating Mother's Day and I just it needs to love. So I'm toasting Vanilla bean ice cream. Okay. I'm gonna have that this summer. Okay. So hashtag booskies. Boosky. Okay.
3: I am toasting to the people that know to put ice on top of the beer in a cooler instead on the bottom. I went to a party a couple of weeks ago. I stick my hand to the cooler, and there's all this lukewarm beer that's sitting on top of ice that is melted at the bottom, but like half frozen or whatever. So it's not doing any good for any of the beer that's not directly touching the ice that's at the bottom. Then I went to my nephew's communion party on Saturday. What do I see? Stick my hand in the cooler, and they've got a bunch of Coronas, and the ice is on top of them. Remember, hot air rises, cold air sinks, denser cold air sinks. If you want to keep your drinks cold in the cooler this summer, You must have ice on top of the drinks. You won't be able to see them. You have to dig your hand in them. It's the only way to keep the beer and the drinks effectively cold. Do your research. Know your beer. Get the ice on top.
0: Hashtag toast um, them.
3: Hashtag toast them. Carla with a K toasting the family who knows what a teacher and principal need at the end of the year. I left this for three days of the principal's offense since I kept forgetting it. My hubby is a triple toasting and asked me to hold this. Now, this looks to be a drink of some sort. Looks to be some type of liqueur or liquor that uh, Carla with a K needed after a year of teaching. And we should applaud all the teachers that have dealt with all of us knuckleheads Food over the King. years. Absolutely. Enjoy your three months off while the rest of us work. Mike tweets in, D.A., you're the first person to say summer 2020 was a simpler time. That's fair. Although, I mean, nobody had to go into the office nor see people you didn't want to see. So it was kind of a simpler time.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional
6: your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. No one knows what analytics is. They think it's
6: like a bunch of nerds doing math, which I don't know, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. Another Diamondbacks pitcher 22 years after Randy Johnson threw a ball and it hit a bird. Now, Randy threw a fastball 22 years ago. This one was a curveball. If you were a bird flying through a baseball stadium, which pitch would you rather be hit by, fastball or a curveball? 66% of you say... A
7: curveball!
3: Now, data teaches us that a bird can perceive pain similar to mammals in majorly... Le- hmm. So, bird's not a mammal? That's a different species? That's a different thing? That's a different well, that's sector of animal of the animal kingdom? I'm, I'm guessing because that's how it was written. Because huh. prese- uh, that, that so they're warm-blooded and they have fur. They are avians. Avians are not mammals. Yeah,
2: birds are not mammals. Rather, they are avians. Oh, right, because they lay eggs. That makes sense.
3: Okay. A bird can perceive pain similar to mammals. In baseball, if a pitched ball strikes a bird or animal in flight in the playing field, I guess like a flying squirrel, the pitch is nullified. If a batted or thrown ball strikes an animal in the playing field, the ball is in play. Wow. Wow. So if you hit a ball and it hits an animal. The ball is still in play. Imagine getting a
2: single, breaking up a no-hitter because a ball hit a a squirrel.
4: Wow. It's like Major League Two when uh, the ball hit the bird and Sarano went to the outfield to try to save it.
3: Reed Johnson was hit by a pitch three times in three games in his career, which is a Major League record. How about this? In those three games... April 16th, 05, April 7th, 06, April 29th, 06. In one calendar year. Well, a little bit more. But April 16th or April 29th, 05 to 06, Reed Johnson had three hit by pitches in the only three games he played. Is that right?
4: Uh three, yeah, three games. And in those three games, he got hit by the pitch three times. Oh, he was hit that by... Way. Oh, I yeah. see. <laughs> it was a little confusing when I, when when the analytics team read it.
3: I see. So this guy has three games where he was hit by a pitch three times in each game. Wow. That's an ouchie. Let's get to your epic fail. Mraz defending Aaron Judge. Even the D.A. show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Jays Boone didn't
2: say that that's what Judge was doing. He just said the Blue Jays' pitcher was tipping pitches. Again, I gave you a perfect answer. Why was only Judge staring over? And guess well, maybe, what I got out of this crowd? Zippo number one, Zippo number maybe,
3: two, and cook no, Zippo number three.
6: Maybe, it's, maybe. So dumb. Like, dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb.
3: <laughs> maybe Judge was the only one doing it, obviously. Maybe Judge was the only one that could so hide. So the league
2: it. MVP is somehow the only one that's not able to hide the
3: stare. The guy who actually doesn't need the tipping of the pitches. Okay, so then what's your theory for how the Yankees utilized the tipping of the pitches?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm assuming both the first base and third base coach are, you know, hand down the legs, something like that. I think it's no different than glancing over your coaches when they're giving you other signs that you're allowed to look over for what to do at bat. Oh, gaggy. So I think it's pretty... All right, I'm going to go with two words here. You guys tell me which one is right. He's no. going to bow out! <laughs> Inconspicuous. Choose your own adventure. Or innocuous. Innocuous. Yeah. Innocuous?
3: CBS. Innocuous.
2: Yeah, like kind of like you wouldn't even tell when you're watching the game that he's looking over. That is my answer for that. I think that you wouldn't be like, uh, staring over that hard. What is that? Is that Facebook coming? <laughs> oh, my. You wouldn't be doing that for, like, ten straight minutes. He's clearly staring at the dugout. And to see he's line is ridiculous.
4: No, you wouldn't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Epic fail, you loser. Yes. That was something else. Mariana tweets I'm toasting the show for so thoroughly infiltrating my brain that I am now having DA show dreams. Normally, I just have nightmares about college. Hashtag booskies. We're proud to be of service. Dixie Landan says Anytime Pete the Body wants to show his genius and rat a tat tat terrible bacon drops, I'm here for it. And it's always hilarious. The only thing missing is Uncle Dick watching Moraz non-conspicuously in the corner. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe he'll show up to Bob's Bar. Tomorrow Thanks to Sean Moraz, executive producer. Not with the glaucoma. Thanks to Pete the Body, on the wheels of steel and audio direct. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch Da. Andrew Bogash on your headlines. Be good, be good to one another. I'm Da. We will see you tomorrow. The Mothership disconnect.
5: No medium.